Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click it and then talk about www.com. For some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. Well, for my money, he's got all the facial characteristics of a criminal. Now, here's your host, that gravy soppin', crappie floppin', stump jumpin', bobble thumpin', gun totin', mater growin' son of a gun, the backwoods Baptist himself, Pastor Harold Smith. All right, thank you. Thank you, Donnie Poindexter, for that fine pickin', and thank you, Brother Troy, for that uh, wonderful but incomplete introduction. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you survive the introduction to the Backwoods Baptist podcast, you might actually, um, you might actually learn something or be encouraged or at least be challenged in what you've always thought today. Because in today's episode, we're going to talk about when to leave a church, when to leave a church. And this is really a topic that kind of dovetails with the last episode's topic when we talked about church membership, why there needs to be a church membership and why you need to be a member of a local Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, New Testament church. So once we've established that you need to be in a church, now you may come to the conclusion that you're in the wrong church, or maybe you need to, maybe it's time to change churches. And so I think that's something that we need to discuss here. And then I think we'll do another uh, episode in the future about how to find a church because a lot of my ministry, because I travel, um, I'm traveling more and more, preaching more and more, working with more and more churches outside of my area. It seems like people will reach out to me through email or something and ask, do you know of a church in this area? And it, it's funny enough, I can usually make a few phone calls and we'll find churches for people in Northern Michigan or Ottawa, Canada, or we'll find somebody at church in, in South Texas. And it's just, I guess, because we've networked so well. We've tried to reach out to a lot of pastors, and we know pastors that know pastors. So uh, when we talk about finding a church, sometimes it's a friend of a friend they knew, you know, and th that gets you in the right direction. But how do you know you're in a good church? How do you know you're in the right church? And then how do you know when it's time to leave a church? These are all things we want to do. And as always, we try to look at the issues of today with an open Bible and a heaping helping of country fried common sense. The Bible doesn't explicitly say when to leave a church, but it does give us a lot of indications as to when you're in the wrong place. And so I think this is going to be really, really practical episode. And I'm going to give you some things to think through. I'm not an expert. Okay. I'm not a I, I'm not the end-all, be-all. I'm not the authority on when to leave a church, but I'm going to give you some practical things to, to think about, to weigh, and to consider, and maybe you need to stay, maybe you need to go. I, I don't know. It's going to be different for each individual situation, so this is something you really should pray about. And when we talk about this on our podcast, the Backwoods Baptist Podcast, you have to understand this is not the seminarian podcast. This is not the denominational podcast. This is a common sense approach to things. And you too, you might find that you also are a backwoods Baptist. If you're thanking the Lord for the rain that you needed on your food plots that you planted by your deer stand, 
I was talking to a pastor just yesterday in Georgia, and he said, man, I'm taking off tomorrow, and I'm going to my dear lease, and I'm planting a food plot. And I was like, praise the Lord. I did that last week. And so that's what Backwoods Baptists do. We love the Lord. We love his word. We love his people. We love his church. But we also have hobbies out here in the backwoods, and many of those hobbies ends up putting something in the freezer for later. And so I welcome you. If you're first time tuning in, let's get right into our subject. Let's discuss when it's time to leave a church. Now, the first things that I want to deal with are the most obvious, what I would call the emergency exit. These are non-negotiables. These are things that uh, nobody's going to argue with me on, okay? If you're in a church and you've been going there and for years it's been great and all of a sudden you've maybe you've got a new preacher or maybe your preacher got a new book, maybe he went to a new conference and now he no longer preaches the gospel or he preaches a different gospel than the one that your church is built upon, it's time to leave. The gospel is the uniter of Christians. We endeavor to keep the unity of the gospel. It's this one message that causes us to refer to people as brother or sister. And so if the gospel's different, the people that are added to the church under this message are going to be different. So if the gospel changes, leave, go. Another thing that's a non-negotiable is immorality. If, if you see gross immorality in your church, if you see gross immorality in the leadership of the church, it's probably time to go. And by gross immorality, you can define it a number of ways. It's immoral. Obviously, you've got the sexual aspect. If there's infidelity in the pastor's life or other people in the church and it's not being addressed and the church is okay with it, maybe the pastor's living this lifestyle and still in the church and no one in the church wants to talk about it, it's time for you to go. If it's happening in the congregation, and the pastor's not willing to address it. The elders are not willing to step in and say, hey, we've got we've got rampant sin in the church, and, and it's an issue, and we need to deal with it. If nobody wants to deal with it and immorality is allowed to go on, it's probably time for you to leave. Uh, it, this is not just in the sexual nature, but what if your pastor's stealing money? What if the secretary's stealing money and everybody knows it, or it, they're just not going to deal with it? You probably need to find another church. I mean, this, these are kind of no-brainers. If there's abuse in the church, if people are are mentally and, and cultically abusing people, in other words, they're manipulating them, and, and this wasn't this way when you came, or maybe it was and you just wasn't aware of it, if you become aware that there's some kind of psychological, emotional, or physical abuse taking place within the church, I mean, obviously, when you see it, you need to go address it. You need to go talk to the pastor and say, or pastors or elders, how, how are your churches structured? You go to the leadership of the church and say, hey, this is taking place. We need to deal with it. And most of the time, that's what happens in Bible-believing, God-fearing churches. If you think the gospel's being perverted and you go talk to the pastor, it could be a misunderstanding. Oh, that's not what I said, or that maybe that's what I said, but that's not the way I meant it. So I'm not talking about one time you heard a guy, you, you might have thought he was talking about works-based salvation. No, we're talking about a fundamental shift in the gospel. We've gone from a biblical proclamation of the gospel to easy believism, just bow your head, raise your hand. I see that hand. Welcome to the kingdom of God. That kind of weird stuff, that kind of shift. Go talk to your pastor. I express your concerns to him one-on-one. -on -one. 
if that doesn't reconcile it, you probably need to go somewhere else. Same with the immorality, same with the abuse. These are emergency exits. These are non-negotiables. We're not going to stay there and allow our family to be mistreated. We're not going to stay there and allow our kids to be emotionally or spiritually abused. We're going to talk to the leaders. And then if that doesn't reconcile it and we can't get suitable answers for our concern, we're going to leave. Now, how do we leave? I recommend you leave quietly. I recommend you leave quietly. I don't care if you're right and they're wrong. The Bible doesn't give you the right to jump up and down and scream and wave your hands and make a big scene. It's the Lord's church. He'll deal with it. You've expressed your concern. If you want to practice Matthew 18, I would say that may or may not be the case, depending on how you've been treated or what the situation is. You may want to take one or two with you. If, if they side with you, then take it to the church. But most likely in these instances where the problem is coming from the leadership, whether it's the gospel, immorality, or abuse, finding a couple people to go with you is going to be difficult getting the entire church to hear you without standing up in a business meeting and, and making a scene. Just not going to happen. So it, more often than not, you you express your concerns and you leave quietly. We don't cause a scene. It, I've never seen anyone stand up and make a big scene in the church and introduce some big problem and call out the pastor and the deacons and and the church pianist. And, and everybody's like, oh, wow, we just now saw this. We're following you from now on. It just doesn't work that way. So pray about it. If the Lord's convinced you this is not your church, leave. If it's the Lord's church, he'll fix the problem. He's able to do that. If he dwells in the hearts of the people there, he will convince them of this. It could be that the church is too far gone and the Lord's trying to get you out of it, making a big scene. And my personal, honest, common sense opinion has never, ever worked. One person standing up in public and shouting out against the others, it's not the way you settle an issue. If the Lord's not in it, he's not going to change hearts. He's not going to change minds. You standing up in some last-ditch kamikaze effort is not going to do it either. Those are emergency exit reasons, doctrinal, major doctrines, gospel, immorality, abuse. If those things change while you're there or maybe they've always been going on and you just realize them, it's time to go. Nearly every preacher out there would, would unless you were that cultic leader that doesn't want anybody to leave your church, nearly every preacher out there is going to say, yeah, that, that backwoods Baptist guy's right. Here's where we're going to part company with a lot of people. I believe there are reasons to leave a church that are not emergency reasons. So you got the emergency exit. You're not taking the elevator. You're running down the stairwell to get out of a blank flaming building. That's tier one. There's tier two reasons to leave a church. And I believe these are legitimate. And probably myself 10 years ago, I would have, well, wouldn't have went along with this and said, no, 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 you need to stay. And matter of fact, if you listen to most of what I've preached, most of what I've taught, most of the advice I've given individually, it's always stay, stay, stay at church, stay in your church, stay there, keep fighting, keep working, don't leave. That is my advice in general. When someone says, hey, there's a problem, I just stay there, work it out, work it out, stay there. That's pretty much my stock standard issue to any problem in church. But over time, these minor I would call secondary issues that are not emergencies and they don't require you to get up and go right now. 
but they do over time weigh on you. And they are really valid reasons to go somewhere else if you have an option. Now, here's the thing. If, if you've chosen to live, you know, 48 miles from civilization on a dirt road and you found a church and it's not exactly what you want, what do you expect living out in the middle of nowhere? God doesn't plant churches where there are two people living per eight, eight or 10 square miles. You live out in the woods, you have to put up with some inconveniences, okay? You know, you got to drive two hours to Walmart. You're probably going to have to drive two hours to church. Point I'm driving at is not everybody lives way out in the sticks and has to do that. Some people live in town, and they've got 48 churches within a 30-minute drive of their house. If the church you're at has some issues and the issues are starting to weigh on you, it may be time for you to leave. Now, here's the way I describe them. Maybe the personality of the church has changed. Many times you want to change the personality of the church for the better. In my line of work in church revitalization, that's my number one goal is to change the personality of the church, change its perspective, change what the community sees about the church. Because I'm going to churches that are in decline. I'm going to churches that are, 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 are shrinking. Uh, they're, they're nearing closure. And the, the only reason I'm going there is because necessary changes need to be made in order to stop the church from the trajectory it's on. And so let me say this while we're talking about that. If you're leaving a church simply because it's in decline, you're wrong and you're part of the problem. Stay there and fix it. We don't leave churches when they're down. If it's an emergency issue, get out of there. If a new guy comes in, he's preaching a false gospel, he's immoral, he's abusing the people, get out of there. That's why it's declining. But if the church has the gospel right and it's living moral and it's trying to do right and it's declining, you stay there and tough it out. But oftentimes, churches can be growing, and here's what happens. This is what I would say. The personality of the church changes, and let me explain that. Each church has its own personality. You can look at Southern Baptist churches, and they all would, I don't know if they still would, but they used to affirm the Baptist faith and message 2000. Now they kind of halfway like it or something. I don't know what their standards are. I don't want to pick on Southern Baptists. They got enough problems without me piling on. But within the Southern Baptist Convention, there are a number of different churches. Some are very missional, very outreach-oriented. Some are very traditional. Some are very uh, inward-focused. Some are uh, very contemporary in their music. Some are very traditional in their music. Some are flat-out bluegrass in their music. Okay, These are personalities. Over time, churches change as the membership changes, as the pastors change. Uh, whatever it is, there, there's ebbs and flows in the life of a church. If the personality of the church changes to the point that it affects your ability to, if it affects your zeal to serve in the church, to worship in the church, to, you know, to be a viable part of the church, it could be time for you to go. It's not an emergency. Don't need to leave tomorrow, but maybe you need to start getting your ducks in a row. Now, what are some personality changes? Let's say you've been in a church that has always had a big missions emphasis. They've, they've collected lots of money. They've sent people on mission trips. They've done a lot of mission work. Maybe the leadership of the church has cycled over. Maybe some people have retired, stepped down, died off. 
uh, newer, younger people have come in, and there's no longer a missions emphasis. Missions giving is way down. Mission trips are way down. Uh, out, outreach and evangelism are way down. And maybe the church is focusing on something else. I, I don't want to list anything. But let's just say that that's what's happened. The things that used to motivate you are no longer in that church. It's not that the church is unbiblical or immoral. It's just the personality has shifted. If you can't make that shift with the church, maybe it's time for you to go find a missional church like you came out of. Some churches are very, very outreach-driven, public evangelism. They're street preaching. They're passing out gospel tracts. All right, that's not for everybody. I don't go out and street preach on a milk crate at the corner of, you know, two busy intersections. That's not, that's not who I am. Look, I'm glad you guys are doing that. That's not me. Okay. I'll pass out some tracks. That's about the extent of my public evangelism in that manner. If I were in a church that traditionally didn't do that kind of public outreach, the pastors changed, other people came in, the church began more and more doing that, doing that, and that was the emphasis and thrust. That's not a bad thing. That's just not who I am. It's a different personality. And this is what I'm trying to get across in the church. Let's say you're in a church that that has a piano and an organ and sings, sings everything out of the 1940 Broadman hymnal. You get some young 20-something-year-old preacher who comes in, puts colored lights up in the ceiling, throws away the piano, throws away the organ, sets up drums, gets four guys with a guitar, gets a praise team, and starts singing K-Love hits. That's a personality change. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not ready to get into music wars, but if that was my church and that was the direction it headed, I'd probably be like, man, I... I just don't feel like I'm able to worship the Lord singing these songs to this loud music and the lights and the smoky haze. I'm out. Well, Brother Harold, is that, are you saying it's sinful to do that? No, I'm saying this is why there's 9 million churches in America, because people are different. And if the personality of the church changes, whether it be for the betterment of this crowd or the, or, or the, the worse of this crowd, it could be time to leave the church. Let's talk about dress codes for a minute. I remember in Mississippi one time I preached in a church and I was the only male in the church without a tie on. And I was preaching. I mean, I stepped up in the pulpit and I looked out across the crowd. Every woman's in a dress. Every man is in a tie. There's a little kid over here with a clip on tie. His shirt's kind of unbuttoned, but he's got a tie clipped on it. I was like, Ooh, this is a church you probably should wear a tie in because literally every man in here has a tie on. All right. That's the dress code of that church. I probably wouldn't join that church in the first place just because I wouldn't feel comfortable dressing to that level every Sunday. Now I've also been in churches where I looked around the room and I wish we had a few spare ties because some of these ladies could use some extra material on their garments. They were nearly naked. And you always have a few ladies that want to show off what God gave them. But I've looked out at churches. I'm like, we're not at the beach. Y'all put some clothes on. Now, if I were in a church that went from the tie to the nearly naked, at some point in time in there, I'd probably be like, I can't go to church here anymore. This, this church no longer matches my own personality. So when I say personality, 
you have to understand these are not sin versus biblically required. These are personal preferences. And churches over time change. And if you're not able to change with the church, whether it's in evangelism, missions, music, or dress code, whatever it is over time, you may or may not be able to go along with it. What do you do? Do you go to church every Sunday, cross your arms, stick your lip out and say, well, I'm here, but I'm not happy about it? No. You may realize and pray, Lord, it's time for me to find another church. I don't dislike the pastor. I think the doctrine's all good. I think the people here love Jesus. Maybe not the naked church, but the rest of them all love Jesus. It's just time for me to go somewhere that fits my personality. And here's the reason why. If you can't get over your personal differences, you are hindering the worship and service of the church by showing up every Sunday with a fake smile, showing up every Sunday reluctantly, not going to the house of God uh, joyfully, but you're going and enduring what you don't care for. You would be better served and they would be better served if you went somewhere else. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I, I say that's where we're at. So there's personality issues, not an emergency, don't have to leave tomorrow, didn't get here overnight, just gradually went down this road. You know what? It's not really where I need to be. This is a this is not a bad church. It's just not the right church for me. Now, listen, if you were new to town and looking for a church, you would weigh all these things. Let's say you found three churches that preach the same gospel. One's a suit and tie traditional church. One, the pastor has skinny jeans and plays loud music and has dim lights, all preach the same message. And the other one is the street preaching fundamental church with megaphones and poster boards. All three preach the same gospel. You would make a decision between those three as to which one had the right personality for you. If you did that on the beginning, why wouldn't you do that if one of those churches was migrating to become the other? The real, the real issue is you would change. And all I'm simply saying is if the church you entered, either it outgrew you or you outgrew it, one or the other, there comes a time when you may have to leave. It's not the end of the world. This is not a marriage. You don't join a church till death do us part. You join a church to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and fulfill the one another commands of Scripture. If something is happening in that body that's hindering you to be able to love and exhort and care for one another, it's probably time for you to go. I'm just being honest. I know a lot of preachers, no, you ought to just get a better attitude and stay. You ought to be realistic. You wouldn't go join a church that was the opposite of yours just because they preach the same gospel. We all have preferences. Sometimes our preferences change. Sometimes the preferences of the church changes. Either way, if you have options, those are reasons. Now, not just personality, it could be secondary doctrines. Now, all the things I've been talking about under the personality are not doctrinal issues. These are not things that we've derived from Scripture. One must street preach. One must not street preach. One must play modern music. One must not play modern music. One must sing a cappella. These are not doctrinal issues these are just things that one church would emphasize or participate in that another church wouldn't 
there are secondary doctrines that we may or may not be able to put aside. Okay, Let, let's talk about it this way. In, in, in secondary doctrines, one of the most divisive yet secondary doctrines is eschatology. I have seen people lose their status as a missionary because they changed their eschatology. I've seen people split and form new churches over eschatology. Friend, it should not be this way. Eschatology is the study of end times. So if if you think that there's going to, Jesus is going to come back on a white horse, there's going to be a, a rapture, and then there's going to be seven years of tribulation, then Jesus is going to come back and set his foot on the Mount of Olives and rule the world uh, and, and subdue it with the sharp, uh, sh the two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth. That's okay. Other people think that's not going to happen. They think we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ right now and that he's going to come back. Other people think that we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ right now, and the world's going to get better and better and better, and then Jesus is going to love the earth just as much as he loves heaven, and we're going to subdue the earth with the gospel, and then he's going to come back. Those are three drastically different views commonly called premillennialism, amillennialism, and postmillennialism based upon what you believe about the thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennium, Okay. You should be able to, in a normal, healthy church, have people within that congregation that believe in all three and get along, okay? The problem comes when you make one of those three views the litmus test of who's right and who's wrong. When you start elevating eschatology or just teaching on it all the time, having end-time conferences, and every group has a couple of wackos in it that do this, They'll stretch a big chart across the baptistry, and it'll have, you know, all the little, what the third big horn on the seventh beast and the big toenail means, and you know, it'll have it all written out, and this is the way it is, and this is what we believe. And then you'll have other groups that come in, and they'll teach and have conferences saying that's not what we believe. But if your church gets bent towards an eschatology, an eschatology or an end-time view that you don't share, it may be time for you to go. If you show up every Sunday night and all they're talking about is the end of the world, it may be time for you to go. If you show up and they're playing clips of Jack and Rex Alavan Impey, it's probably time for you to go. If if they're passing out books on, on end times, if they're constantly harping on it, and, and what they're harping on is not what you believe to be uh, the view you hold about the return of Jesus Christ, that secondary doctrine could be elevated to a first-tier doctrine because it's constantly being pushed in your face. It's constantly showing up in the messages. It may be time for you to go. Other doctrines could be said, church autonomy, church fellowship, church separation. If these things are elevated to the level that they're constantly being studied, they're constantly being critiqued, they're constantly being put in front of you, then those secondary doctrines could reveal to you, hey, look, it's time for me to go. I mean, I think about the, the fundamentalist movement. A lot of those guys came out of the Southern Baptist Convention back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Then about the 80s, they kind of leveled out. But all they preached about in those early days was leaving the convention, leaving the convention, leaving the convention. They preached essentially the same gospel. They had basically the same views of a lot of other key doctrines. But if you were 
uh, recovering Southern Baptist, and all you heard every Sunday was how bad the Southern Baptist was, maybe you need to find another church. See, the point I'm driving at here is if there's something in the church that's becoming a hindrance to you, it's not on the level of the gospel. It's not on, on a fundamental doctrine like regeneration or baptism or, or salvation. It, it's not an immorality issue. It, it's not an abuse issue. But it's rising to the level that you can no longer take it, whether it's a secondary doctrine, whether it's personality of the church. If you have options, go look for another church. Now, listen, how do you leave over secondary doctrines? First-tier doctrines, you go up there and you say, hey, this is wrong. What you guys are saying, I have biblical disagreement with. And they say, so what? We, we're doing it our way. Fine, leave. Quietly leave. If somebody says, why'd you leave? Tell them. But, but don't stand out front with a sign and say, these people are heretics. This guy's an abuser. You're not accomplishing anything. Just quietly leave. How do you leave on secondary, non-emergency um, issues like personality and secondary doctrines? Here's what I would do. I would go to my pastor or pastors, elders, leaders. I mean, take them out to lunch. These are not your enemies. Buy their lunch. At least put them in a good mood before you break the bad news to them. And I would just explain to them, look, the direction of this church is not where it was when I came here. I love you guys. You're preaching a biblical gospel. You're trying to serve the Lord. It's just not the way I want. I feel led to do it. It's just the emphasis that you guys have is not the emphasis I have. No hard feelings. We're still friends. Me and my family are going to start looking for a church that emphasizes this area of the Christian life because that's the area Maybe I'm gifted to serve in. That's the area that's most important to me. Or maybe you could say, hey, look, I love you guys, but all you want to talk about is end times. <laughs> and, and I'm ready to hear something else. Let's talk about women not preaching in church, or let's talk about not speaking in tongues. Let's talk about some other doctrine than your pet doctrine. Whatever that is, you just explain to them, this is not a level of heresy. This is not a level of we're no longer brothers in Christ. It's just we different personalities. You're a topical preacher. I'm used to deep exposition. You're a deep expositional preacher, and I want something shallow and topical. You would never say that, but I'm trying to contrast how you can have two styles. You can have two differences and, and still be brothers and still pray and hope for them, and you don't have to run out the door. You can just start looking for other churches. Here's what I would do. I would remain committed to the church I was a member of on Sunday mornings, and I would visit other churches on Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings. When I whittled that down to whichever churches I felt like, you know, by, by study and research and attendance, you know, this is a church that tends to hold our values, that tends to, they dress like us, they, they sing like us, they, they emphasize the same things we emphasize, they have the same ideas we have, about ministry and what it looks like to carry it out. Then I would visit there on a Sunday. And then I would tell the pastor, hey, look, we found another church. We're going to attend there for a while. If it works out, we're eventually going to join that church. That's the way it should be. Now, let me give you a word of advice. Don't go inviting everybody from your old church to go to your new church. That's called proselytizing or sheep stealing. And it's not to be done. If you found a church that suits you, it suits you. Don't go back to your old church. Hey, boy, I found I found church just like we were back in the 90s. Come over here. 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a church that you can go to, feel comfortable, not be upset with what's going on. You can joyfully worship and fellowship the Lord and, and, and grow in the knowledge of the word of God because it has the right personality and it's not emphasizing doctrines you disagree with that are commonly held amongst sound Christians. So leave quietly in both instances and don't try to drag anybody with you. It's the Lord's church. He can get his people out. It's not your job to be evangelist to the church you no longer attend. Go share the gospel with a lost person. Let's save people make up their own mind about what church they'll go to. The point I'm driving at, and I got to wrap this thing up. We're pushing 30. We're over 30 minutes. The point I'm driving at is, it's okay to leave a church that still preaches the gospel as long as you go to another one that still preaches the gospel. It's not okay to stay in a church that doesn't preach the gospel. It's not okay to stay in a church that's immoral, whether it's thievery, whether it's idolatry, whatever it is, you, you can't stay there. It's not okay to stay in a church that abuses its people, manipulates them. But it's also okay to leave a church if it doesn't fit you anymore. Maybe you've matured and outgrown it. Maybe it's matured and outgrown you. Either way, you've got to go where you feel comfortable, just as you shopped for a church in the beginning. And I've seen this happen. People get sick. I'm, I mean, I pastored the same church for 14 years. That's long enough to see people get excited, join, get mad, leave, and then come back with their hat in their hand and say, we want to come back to church here. And you know what I say every time? Okay. Unless they left out on some bad terms, come back, welcome home. You see what, what happens sometimes is you get a bad attitude about what's going on in church. You're like, I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of the same old sermon. I'm tired of the same old emphasis. I, I got to go somewhere else. And you go out and you make a loop and you start hitting all the churches within a 30 minute drive or a 20 minute drive. And, and you know what you find out? They all stink. And the best church you ever had in your life was the one you was getting disgruntled at. And here's what happens. You come back and you got a whole new attitude because you know what you realized? The things you were upset about really don't matter when you look at all your options. You're not cheating on your church. It's not a marriage. It's okay to say, maybe it's time to go somewhere else. And it's okay to say, maybe it's time to go back. Either way, the commitment you have should remain to that church until you're convinced that it's time to go. Look around, see what your options are. Find out maybe you need an attitude adjustment. I have found that God is able to give me an attitude adjustment. I have found that God gave a lot of attitude adjustments in the scriptures. He's able to straighten you out. He's also able to move you. And if you happen to be fortunate to live in an area where there are a multitude of churches and you're going through one and you're disgruntled and you've got a bad attitude about the direction of the church for crying out loud, pray about it, talk to your pastor about it, and go look around. And you may look around and say, man, the Lord's been good to me. We've got a great church. I'm going home. Or you may be happy for the rest of your life in another church. Now, listen, whatever you choose to do, do it in prayer. Do it peaceably. Do it with the full trust and confidence and agreement with your spouse. 
<laughs> there's one thing that you should not do. Husband goes to church here. Wife goes to church. There should not happen. Now, listen, if husband goes to church and it's a heretical church, wife shouldn't go there. But if you both are going to Baptist churches on different sides of town, you need to get your act together and go to church together. Somebody's wrong. This is a family. You ought to be able to worship together. Anyways, I hope that helps you. I hope it confirms that you're in a good church that's headed in the right direction. I hope if you're in an emergency situation, you wake up and go, we're in an emergency situation. We got to get out of here. Maybe you're disgruntled. You just need to pray about it. Maybe you need a better attitude. Maybe you need to find a church that suits you. Either way, there are reasons to leave the church. And they're not all sinful or not sinful. It could simply be a matter of personality or secondary doctrines that are overemphasized. Whatever the case, find a place that suits you and your faith and your family and worship there and be faithful and stay and stay. And like I said in the beginning, stay. That's how it always starts. Brother Harold, should I? You should stay. But I know this when I say you should stay. If it's a problem to the level you need to leave, you're going to say, I know he told me to stay, but I'm out of here. I can't take it anymore. That's the position. And don't leave a church that's shrinking and don't leave just because it's shrinking. If you leave a church that's shrinking, it needs to be because it's doing something fundamentally wrong. Stay there and be part of the solution. Outlast them. Get down till it's small and then take over and lead it back in the right direction. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe, kind of. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you on the next podcast. Till then, may the Lord richly bless you.